Hmm. Does he dare pick it up? Hello. Wally, it's Mitch and Mark. This is Mark speaking. Hey, Mark, huh? how are you doing? Good, how are you? How's it going, Wally? Good, how are you, Mitch? Excellent. Good. So what we want to just chat with you. So first of all, how's the family? How are things up there in Ottawa? And um, how's retirement? Fantastic. <laughs> all of it is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm just in the middle of eating uh, one of Ottawa's famous uh, shawarma sandwiches. Have you ever had one? A shawarma? I, I remember... Um, Mary Kate and Ashley, when I, my kids were growing up, <laughs> there was a, there was a video of them at the mall and they had a shawarma. Uh, but I've never tried one. I probably should, right? Does that mean there's a lot yeah, of people around them? Yeah, the best shawarma in the world. So if anyone's ever in Ottawa, they got to come to Maroon. Well, shawarma. Mitch and I were talking off the air, and if uh, if we have if the election doesn't go the right way, we're moving up there. We hope you have a big house. <laughs> moving our families up there with you. Oh, it is a nice place to live. I, I, I would just get a bit cold, but other than that, uh, it's pretty cold. Hey, we're used to cold. Uh, we live in Maine. Yeah, cold is nothing. So again, thank you so much for joining us. It's hard to believe it's been a couple of years um, since we first met you online, and you have had a lot to do with our, I will I will not call it success, but I'll call it the fact that we still exist is largely due to... Uh, <laughs> the fact you, that we still have well, steam. Uh, you hooking us up. <laughs> Well, one of the guys at the radio station here, he says that uh, I was always good at connecting the dots and always connecting people and bands. So I guess that's my job. Yeah, that that is um, a great segue into one of the first questions I had. Um, when when you're running a label with a beautiful music, uh, what what do you listen for? What do you hear and say, yes, this is... This is a band, or this is an artist, or whatever, that I want to be part of the beautiful music. Okay, well, I'll step back a, a few steps. First of all, we're, yeah. uh, we often joke about the fact that uh, we're actually an imaginary record label. We're probably the only <laughs> world's only imaginary record label that actually releases physical product. But well, we, that makes it even more interesting. It's perfect but, because uh, we're an imaginary radio station. <laughs> exactly. So the match is perfect, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's never, it was never meant to, it, the whole thing was a bit of a joke. Uh, we went to a concert uh, with some friends. Uh, it was actually pre-Skytone days and the band was Tremolo. And uh, at that concert, uh, we kind of joked around because they'd always heard me say that be cool to start a record label, and um, and then it just one person said, "Well, I design websites. I'll design your website." Someone else said, "Well, I know how to host a website," and and someone else said, "Well, we got the bands and the music, so why don't we just go for it?" And that's how the whole thing kind of started. That's excellent. Yeah, and uh, and we don't we're not really searching out uh, music because. We already know, I mean, I've been a fan of music for so long, and I always joke that the label is a bit of an extension of what I always did before. I used to make cassettes and then mm. later CDRs and just hand them out to 20 or 30 or 40 people, and really that's sort of what we're still doing. Yeah. Except we give, it to, we give them away to more people now, I think. Well, yeah, now you're making even less money on the on the project than you yeah, when we had one of our board meetings, we discussed that, and our measure of success is how much we lose. And actually, we're getting more <laughs> successful every year. 
Now, when you were when you're not doing this and the job you retired from, weren't you um, involved in finances? <laughs> I know a little bit about finance. Yeah. Yes, I did study that for eight years. Yeah, that's kind of funny. But that's probably it's the rebellion against finance to not make money, right? Sure, that does make perfect sense. Um, I have a question for you. So, um, how does it get? Do we? Are you from Ottawa? Are you from that area? Is that where you grew up? Somewhere in that range? Yeah. Okay. I came here when I was three. Okay. I actually was born in Lebanon originally. So I don't really speak Arabic or <laughs> I know much of the language. Uh, but I uh, grew up in Ottawa whole life and uh, and really never, we didn't actually travel much as son does. It's been the odd time to the northern states and, and once to Florida and, and my brother's in the other side of Toronto. So, uh, we haven't really done a lot, and then we, we did our first trip to Europe there a few years ago. So, so how does that... Uh, how does that really, oh, go ahead, really sorry. Home. Yeah, Ottawa really is home. I, okay. I have been down to Maine once years ago in high school days. Uh-oh. What, did, what were you doing here? To see Mark Harvey play uh, basketball? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, what I didn't know it at the time is, uh, well, it was a friend of mine from high school that his parents, I guess, had some relatives that way. But we had uh, lobster, uh, fresh lobster, and that was pretty cool. And then later in life, I became allergic to shellfish. Oh, so oh no. Then, <laughs> never know what happens. But, um, no, but then we went down to uh, Boston and, and uh, Cape Cod area uh, and uh, toured around there. There was a lot of cool uh, records stores down oh. there. My hobby was always to check out all the record stores everywhere. There was a place called Nuggets where you could get. Oh, like, I know it well. So I would spend hours in there collecting all this music, and and uh, you know I just been well, I've been collecting music since I was in high school. I worked at a used record store for a few years, but I didn't work officially as imaginary as well. I worked <laughs> for records, so I never was really on the payroll. So, so uh, I made a deal with a guy. I said, listen, I, I come in and buy records all the time. Do you need any help? And I can just work for records. And he thought, this is a great deal. That's great. So for bo- that works for both of you. This sounds yeah. like a high-fidelity moment. <clears throat> so did you have like a uh, high-fidelity well, mixtape? The, the movie of the, <laughs> the decline and fall of the beautiful music that'll be in it. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll help you produce that. Okay. So, how does somebody then from Ottawa um, fall in love with the television personalities? How did that happen? Um, was it in the, well, in the record sure. store? Yeah, when I was in the record store, um, I was a fan of a lot of the, mo- the TV shows and movies, you know, from the '60s, like The Prisoner and The Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I saw this album. Uh, that had uh, Purdy and Steve from the Avengers on the cover. And I thought, that's a pretty cool-looking album cover. So I picked it up and listened to it, and I, and I loved every song on it. <laughs> and it was totally unlike anything I, I was listening to at the time, right? Because back then, that was like early 80s. It was like, you know, it was everything was getting into more of the new wave and romantic era and stuff. So it was very unusual to hear a band that was very heavily influenced you know, by the 60s at that point, um, even though there was, like, a lot of power pop and different stuff and, and some of the mod revival, but you know, I, did, I hadn't really got into a lot of that other than maybe the jam, and then later on I got into more of the mod stuff, but uh, they were an interesting band, and, and then, of course, as I started to dig deeper and, uh, and kind of find out more about them, um, 
then, of course, it got even more interesting because I found out they, they ran a record label, uh, Dan Tracy and Edward Ball, oh, called Wham! Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of exposed me to sort of more interesting music. And probably, I, you know, I always joke that everything can kind of link back to, to television personalities because they, they had uh, so many links to other bands, some that went popular, some that never uh, went popular, uh, but also... Um, on Dan's label, I, I see one of the questions I had for you guys was, uh, do you know any of the bands that Alan McGee played in, who was the founder of Creation Records? Yes, I've seen. I have seen the video, and I'm trying to remember um, some of the early bands. And of course, you know, we don't. We kill our brain cells. I think a lot more than you do. You have one of the most amazing <laughs> memories I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think twenty stuff, questions. Was that one? Canadian music, and I, I most of them never heard of. But it's, yeah, that's interesting. So go ahead and fill, fill us in. I do remember a few of them, but I can't off the top of my head. But um, the, he was he played in a band called The Laughing Apple, and also he would also play with the band called um, The Revolving Pink Dream. The Revolving Pink Dream did release actually I think one or two albums on Creation, and he played with the guy from Primal Scream. I think uh, okay. the, the guy um, Bobby. Forget or... it. Yeah, Bobby Gillespie. Bobby, I think it was in uh, Andrew in. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but then the Laughing Apple became Biff Bang Pow, who was also in the early era of Creation, released several of their singles and a few albums. Uh, but what's interesting is they were first on a compilation uh, on bands label called uh, But Is It Art, and. Um, and that's how I first sort of discovered them. And then when I found out, uh, you know, the date that that he started a label, well, that got me into Creation Records and then Shoegaze and Pop and, and Cherry Red and, and Ride. And, and it just it kind of kept mushrooming into so many other bands and even members uh, from that played with television personalities. Like, uh, I believe it was David Walmsley. He, he was in a band called 1000 Violins. And um, David Newton from the Mighty Lemon Drops was one of the early releases on on Dan's second label, and so it just kind of kept mushrooming into more and more bands, and and the link was just amazing. So there's so many bands, and that's what made the whole thing kind of interesting to do a tribute because I thought if I can kind of round up some of these people who had some link with Dan and get them to do. Uh, covers. I thought that would be really cool, and sure enough, a lot of them were like eager to do it, and uh, got even some like Colin from he had kind of retired from music. Colin Swanee played in the direct. Oh yeah, no Colin on, on one on um, on the Wham label, and so he even came back out of retirement and formed a band with his son and and recorded a cover for us. So that was kind of cool, and then you had people like Nikki Sutton who out of the blue emails this this imaginary record label and asked if they could be on this <laughs> they heard about it and we were thinking like how is this possible? That's I know. Funny. That's it's almost like sort of, yeah, of, it's really incredible. There were a couple of websites that were fan sites and I guess they would post they'd heard about a tribute that was being done and of course and I think uh, Joe had uh from television Kristen Valley who's was with a bandmate with Nikki Sudden uh when they were in the swell maps. Uh, he uh, he told Nikki that I was doing the trivia, and somehow he got a hold of 
my email and I could ideally fall off my chair. Nikki's been, Nikki's been in a couple of those, right? Did a couple, two yeah, or three. And then, yeah. You know, what made it more interesting is Nikki Sutton played with Mike Scott, who's oh, yeah. in the Waterboys. Of course. Now. He is the Waterboys. So, so then, so that was kind of an interesting story, too, because I bumped into Mike Scott um, like a few years ago when he played one of the Blues Fests here. And uh, so I asked him about it, and, and I gave him a couple of the, our tributes. I don't know if you ever heard it, but Mike's a pretty decent guy. And he's always, uh, even on Twitter, like, you start commenting about stuff, and he actually, he helped communicate with the fans. No, it's, it's, we've had him, too. He's sort of, uh, you know, noticed some things from yeah, us. Waterboy well. HQ, yeah, Waterboy HQ, right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Um, well, so, here's my, my next question for you. Uh-oh, well, he's got a question for us. Okay, sorry, start over. <laughs> I can what only handle two questions tonight. Okay, here we go. What other bands did uh, Mike Scott play in? Well, I know... He played in a few bands before. I didn't know we were going to be quizzing us. I thought you would ask us, like, you know, <laughs> if we know well, what I'm day it is. Quiz me, so. Oh, but, no, we're not going to quiz you. Either. He played in a band called Another Pretty Face. To release. Oh, yeah, that I know. I, and so I have, I have some of his solo that. stuff you as well. You've probably heard some of this stuff. And uh, he started a label called Chicken Jazz. To release a bunch of his stuff and a few other singles by other artists as well, and uh, I keep harassing him, probably asking him when is he going to reissue that stuff. So I, and we were talking about that even on Twitter uh, just uh, earlier, and and he says, oh yeah, it's still in the works, but he says he's just too busy. Well, he just got the new album coming out, which the few songs I've heard are really amazing. Yeah, so, that's cool. Awesome. The new album, we just played the Soul Singer uh, just before we came in. Yeah, I heard that. Well, that's why I thought I'll ask you the question. Yeah, and a little Shonen Knife. I know you're a Shonen Knife guy, too, so we played a little bit of that for you. Um, So, okay. Again, I discovered them through, uh, they were on the label August Records, which was a subdivision of creation. And um, and the other uh, label was Revola, which was Joel Foster's label, but Joel Foster also played in uh, television personalities on a few of the albums. And so, and then he kind of introduced me to a whole world of music because he was a bit of a, a musical historian and would go back and archive anything, you know, from the 60s and reissue, you know, albums by Sagittarius and Millennium and all these, uh, you know, uh, people I'd never heard of. So it's kind of interesting how different, uh, you know, one band can make a huge kind of influence on your musical taste. And that was the same with even the direct hits. They used to do these... Um, cassettes called direct tapes and it was like all them and their friends recording like covers of 60 songs along with originals so then it you know kind of got me interested to people like junior walker from the 60s mm-hmm. and the zombies because they would do covers of their songs mm-hmm. and uh, you, you just start learning more and more because that you know i i was a little young to be noticing all the music from the 60s so then you kind of learn more and more about them just from and that all sort of started from just that one band of being interested in television personalities and it just kept growing did you grow up in a musical family were your parents um did they play a lot of music do you have some references back to your early days that you can remember <laughs> so stuff? my wife is laughing in the background <laughs> because no absolutely not There's oh no, no music, hi audrey and, uh, and maybe that's yeah maybe that's a bit of the rebellion too right i I had to be interested in something they weren't. Okay. I had to do something your parents don't. But, um, you know, it was, uh, and, and to be honest, I still have absolutely no musical ability whatsoever, other than I could play a mean stereo, but that's pretty well it. <laughs> I'm amazed, yeah. Wally, that um, it's not just that you know the artists and stuff, but you, I, it, 
you, you seem to have like a genealogy in your head of the what connected to what, but not just the artist, the label, the song, and then who influenced who and what. That has to be difficult to track and keep track of. I, I can't make it through the day, as Mark was saying, to brush my teeth. So how does, how does, how does one do this? <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to forget a lot of stuff. And sometimes I do interviews and mention things, and people correct me. Um, oh, we will well, never of course, I, I'm talking about such obscure stuff. You don't know if anything I tell you is true, anyway, right? I love that. That's actually <laughs> one of the coolest things. Yeah, everything we've heard is a lie. It doesn't matter. It's all good. <laughs> so, how many? Um, but, uh, go but ahead, I, yeah. I did follow labels a lot because right. I did find out at an early age that certain labels, you know, like Rough Trade and, and even Fast Records and Pop Oral, that they were kind of releasing some interesting stuff. And that's why I keep collecting stuff on that label. Another one, like I remember, it might have been like a Smash Hits magazine or something, and I and I saw a review of uh, Aztec Cameras, one of their first mm-hmm. singles. I think mm-hmm. it was Mattress of Wire and We Could Send Ladders. And I and it sounded really cool, and it sounded like they were influenced a bit by the jam, and I liked the jam at the time. And um, so I picked up that single, and then I saw another single on Postcard, which was, I think, Orange Juice, and I liked that. And then I found one by the Go-Between. And so you just kind of continue discovering bands from a specific label, and when the label is releasing, you know, some really quality stuff, but you just kind of keep collecting that label. And creation in the early days was like that. I probably have you know, 99% of the first 100 releases that Creation put out. And just because they all, they, even though they had covered sort of different styles, they were still in that kind of guitar pop, jangle pop style that I liked. And uh, so I would collect a lot of the stuff on a specific label. Um, and I still do that to some extent, you know, things like on Sub Jangle and, and uh, Big Stir and... and um, Fire Station Records in Germany, and now a Turntable Friend is reactivated. Like, you know that if it's on that label, it's quality stuff. And partly because, you know, I know a bit of their taste is similar to my taste. I guess if you're into folk or jazz, well, no, you're not going to like the stuff on those <laughs> labels. But if you, if you like the kind of jangly guitar sound, um, and even though that's not the only style I like, that is one of my favorite. And so I know that the people who release stuff on those labels are probably going to release stuff that I like. And and again, 99% of the time, I, I really like those, the stuff on there. So I'm usually confident in picking up. And, and that's sort of what I wanted with our label. Although I think our label has branched out into a few different kind of styles. But I want people to say, well, if it's on this label, it's probably going to be something I like. I like that. I think that's true. I still think back to the... Uh thinking of some of my favorites I'm, I'm a huge fan of that James Clark 5 album that, that you that you guys put out uh, Dot Dash will always be near the top of our list mm-hmm. um, what are you working on yeah, now I'm, yeah go ahead sorry Will, oh okay well no, interesting you mentioned James Clark 5 so it was kind of an interesting because I was a huge fan of a band from Liverpool called the Cherry Boys oh absolutely and um, James Clark uh, played in that band, and, and how I got interested in them was I picked up a cassette. I mean, Ottawa's always had a kind of a cool uh, music scene, too, so I got a shout out to CKCU, because they probably were huge in my, you know, kind of learning about music, right? Because they would play, they had, uh, it was a free-form radio station, similar to what you're doing, where you did someone didn't tell you what to play, and they could play anything, so 
I got a couple of the DJs like Steve Kirkland going way back, uh, Rock Parisian, who did a, sh- a punk show called No Future Now, uh, who introduced me to a lot of the kind of the punk and post punk sounds. But uh, there's that. And then there was also a guy I went to high school with, uh, Ian Walker. He, uh, he started a record store. And it was funny, I went to a, a small high school. Um, and he lived across the street from the high school. And when he started up his record store, it was out of his living room, like in his house. <laughs> so I go to his house, and he'd have all these like Scottish, because uh, he was he's from Scotland. So he'd go over there every year and come back with all these seven inch singles of bands that no one had ever heard of, but a lot of them were really cool. Yeah. And that's actually how I discovered the Water Boys, and because he had all these another pretty face singles. So when are you opening your record store at your house? Yeah, well, that's the only thing that's allowed my life. Yeah. You can't keep buying because otherwise you've got to buy a bigger house. There's no place to put it. And that's a bit of the problem now is I have to buy something again if I want to hear it because it's so buried under boxes I can't even get to it. So I go over to winter is to get our bases finally finished and uh, maybe get the stuff put in alphabetical order. You have time now. You have time now. You got time. Life, well, we had four kids, and of course, like, music became kind of in the background for many years. Um, my brother and I, we were like diehard music fans. We we saw probably over a thousand concerts in about three years. Uh, we would go to uh, shows almost three to four nights a week, and we'd go to Montreal and Toronto, and we'd con my brother-in-law to, to drive us to Toronto. We, that's when we saw New Order for the first time. And uh, and uh, he he was a super nice guy too because he'd 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 actually say well I'll drive you I have things to do there and then we get there and find out he didn't have anything to do but he just wanted an excuse to drive but uh, but we saw so many bands and and back then it was easy to meet the bands because you've seen them in small clubs so we met everyone you know from uh, Simple Minds and UB40 Modern English and a lot of them were super nice I remember even seeing a flock of seagulls once everybody laughed at them but they were a good live band but uh, when we saw them I had a, an early single by Mike Score's earlier band called Tantric and he couldn't believe that somebody in Ottawa actually had a and it was only a few hundred made and the same thing kind of happened when we met Mike Scott in Toronto we had all the another pretty face seven inch singles, but I think we had two copies. And he said, "How is that possible? We only made three hundred, and you have like <laughs> you two. two of them. Said, How did we get that?" Uh, but uh, but but that always kind of brought um, kind of an interesting connection with the bands because we were we were real music collectors and music fans, and so they would be kind of impressed that somebody all the way on this side of the ocean actually had their records and. It was the same when we saw Aztec Camera, and we had a bunch of his early postcard seven-inch singles, and he thought that was cool. And so then we, you know, we ended up talking about bands, and and we got talking away about how he was a big fan of the Blue Orchids, and and I'd heard of those songs, so then that got me more interested. And I think maybe even uh, um, it, that maybe not that it, it triggered, but. He later did a Blue Orchids cover on the B-side of one of the singles, which I thought was really cool after we had that conversation. So it was kind of, you know, all this connection to, to bands and music. I remember seeing Modern English for the very first time when they played in a small club, and we had um, uh, we had a bunch of singles, and, and 
and then they thought that was cool. And so the next time they came and they're a little more popular, they invited us onto their tour bus. And oh, gave nice. Wow, that's cool. And three T-shirts of After the Snow album, which I still have, but I think it would fit a baby now. I, I think it shrunk here. Maybe <laughs> I realized not so good about that. But uh, it was, you know, you have, we have so many stories that I joke with my brother that we should actually write a book or do a movie of it. Oh, no question. I mean, it's incredible stuff. Well, one of the funniest, and this is online, if you query Stranglers in Ottawa, and um, so it's, uh, and it's connected to Dot Dash, because what happened is we went to see the Stranglers when they played at a small club. It was the Men in Black tour. And uh, my brother loved taking pictures. So he's actually got pictures of all these bands, including like you 2 when they were like 15, 16, 17 year old kids. Wow. And, uh, and, and, uh, and that's another story too. When you play, <laughs> they, they, they were, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked, but they, they only had, I think, about 12 songs. So when they did the encore, they had to do two songs over again because they didn't have any of the songs. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So, but well, so they, um, so um, the, when we went to see the Stranglers, he, he'd often take cameras and take pictures of these shows. Like he's got uh, pictures of a lot of different bands that played here. But they uh, uh, they were really kind of paranoid at the time. And so when he took the pictures, I guess it had the flash on. Well, the lead singer jumps off the stage and um, and and tries to find my brother to take his camera. Holy and, cow! Uh, he, he couldn't find it, but I guess then he told the the, uh, the security guys to look out for it. So when my brother took another picture, they finally got in and took his pictures. But so anyway, um, when he played uh, recently, because he just played solo, um, he uh, Dot Dash opened for him. So I was telling Terry Banks from Dot Dash the story. So Terry tells the guy, he says, he says, you know, this is what happened, and my label boss make me sound really important. It just, you know, <laughs> he went to concert and, and he took so he actually apologized. That's funny. Oh my gosh! Did Danny drum for the Stranglers? Did Danny drum for the Stranglers? For some reason, did Danny um, drum drum for the Stranglers? For some reason, I'm thinking he was. Um, he might have. I know he played drums for a lot of bands. Like he played with Swerve Driver and Adam yeah. Franklin in the solo. Yeah. And uh, he's, his list of bands he's played with That's is huge. like. 20 or 30 bands, and Terry's like that too. Like, I didn't even know till I got talking to Terry like many years back that he played with St. Christopher, which was another band on Sarah that I, I love. Really the liked. Saturday People, that stuff is really good. That they, yeah, yeah and that's really he good played stuff. in the Julie Ocean and he played in Tree Ford Angst. He played with Glow, uh, was it Glowworm or something? At uh, with uh, Pam Berry and a bunch of the people. Who, who started the whole Riot Girls yeah, kind of movement in the States. So there's like Terry and Danny are like so connected. And then I also found out that one of their earlier uh, bass players played in a mod band from the, from the 80s called Modest Proposal, wow. who uh, Detroit Records just reissued. So it's kind of interesting, all these collection connections, because I'm also a big fan of like surf instrumental and mod uh, bands, which... Uh, I think television personalities kind of got me into that, and then it was the direct kits, and then there was so many, and, and the jam, obviously, but there was a whole uh, mod movement uh, in the UK and in the States uh, that was that produced so many bands. We have a jam and, poster uh, 
just to my left, and Weller is staring at us. Staring and he's at got me. this really, he's got a <laughs> angry look on growl him. <laughs> face on him right now. So, yeah, Wally, I have a question saw, for you. We saw the jam when they played at uh, one of the high schools here in Ottawa. They played, and uh, they put on a great show, but it was in the latter period, probably on one of their more of the final tours, because uh, I think it was the Gift album had been released, but they were like closed for three people on stage. Mm. Like they just created a wall of Absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, he has to be probably one of my favorite vocalists. Mitch, so, Wally, this? so, uh, you know, what you're in a different, you know, retirement phase and you have the label. Is there any notion of where the label goes next? Um, you, you, right now, it seems it like you, you, you like it kind of loose and yeah. whatever comes your way is great. <laughs> well, the, the, I had, I mean, I, I had, as you know, I dealt with a lot of family stuff and I still right, am dealing right. with that. But, um, but I've had a little bit more time, which has been good. So we're catching up on a bunch of uh, stuff. So, you know, we've just released, uh, you know, three releases in basically less than two months with the Peter Hall EP first and then the um, uh, Super, Lisa Michael's Super 8 album, which I'm very proud of. Yeah, that's so I'm good. Loving yeah. that. Yeah, exploding flowers as well. Of, you think what uh, Trip and Lisa created across the ocean, never meeting and never being in the same room together, and yeah. an album that just sounds so cohesive and so wonderful and beautiful. It is it is something pretty incredible. We have a really quick story. So there were some times when Lisa was sending files over to Trip, and he couldn't decrypt them, and he knew that we were kind of techies a little bit, so yeah. he would ask us to sort of figure out a way to <laughs> unzip the files so that he could use them, and she would send That's over, funny. you know, 20 well, little... Yeah. In the liner notes. You guys I know. <laughs> she would send like 40, credits? you know, 40 little snippets of her background <laughs> vocals, and he'd be like, please, I need to figure this out, and we're like, we're happy to help you, Trip. Yeah. You've been so good to us. So. And, and I'm actually, a little jealous, but you guys got the little clay motion. You never made one. I for know. Me. Well, Jillian said she needs a picture of you. Right? She just needs a picture of you, and she will do one for you. We'll put you. <laughs> we will actually put you in the studio with us, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, we. I think we're thinking. I could do it la la la, or maybe play a tambourine. Perfect. <laughs> thinking <laughs> back, mind you, but but if you're doing a television personalities, offbeat just adds to the charm. <laughs> Does absolutely thinking back, I think that when we started with the early Twitter days, it was you that introduced us to Super 8 with uh, Serious Drugs, the BMX cover, and I think from yeah. there it just kind of became this beautiful friendship amongst us, amongst all of us, and we are so happy it to have you really, on the show. It is a really nice community, isn't it? It really and, is, and uh, there's a whole bunch of people on there that really just love sharing stuff, and and yeah. of course, you know, I guess. When you do something nice for someone else, they kind of return the favor because somebody had wanted some copies of an album I had, and I had some extra stuff, so I made it for them. The next thing I know, I got a, a package with like six or seven uh, Trash Can Sinatra's promo. Oh, nice. excellent. Well, we owe you a lot. We have your mailing address, so we're going to be sending you, like, I don't know, what are we going to send well, we're gonna, well, <laughs> There's going to be an announcement uh, sometime tonight, but we'll do a little teaser now. There's going to be swag oh, for NWR really? developed. Okay. There's a whole promotional effort. There's a marketing team. <laughs> Where are they? Meaning Mitch is going to find time to do something. <laughs> Mitch is wearing the <laughs> only NWR t-shirt. <laughs> it's hard to find time to do everything, but yeah, you can do it. And if uh, we ever do that, uh, the TVM t-shirts, like we keep saying we're going to, We've done a few prototypes, but mostly my wife made them. But we should actually do uh, some real ones. But, you know, I love getting stuff like that. I joke now that I'm retired and I don't have to wear a suit. 
I can pretty well live in band t-shirts, and I've had Beautiful. so many bands. Oh, and yeah. And so we're, we'll have t-shirts, they- mugs, uh, uh, maybe face masks. At this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I just saw, um, you know, Modern English has on their website the... The, they, you know, they did the song "I'll Stop the World." And yeah, you know, they have a mask that goes "I'll Stop the World" and mask with you. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Been, and uh, and Echo and the Bunny Men have one of Heaven Up Here, where it's got the guys, you know, like on the cover of that album, uh, standing in the snow on the front, and it looks really cool. Those they come up with some cool ideas to be swag. So you too can be Mitch and Mark. We're going to be sending you some masks. Wally, we appreciate this so much. We've had an incredible time. Next time, I think we're going to do like two hours with you because it's just, it does not. I know, easily. one of my flaws. I I never stop talking. It's not a fly. It's fantastic. So we're going to get back to some music right now. I think you're going to enjoy the rest of the show. Anything else you want to just... Plug in an exploding flowers or a super eight. Oh, you know it, dude. You know we will for sure. And then I'll, I'll get you. We're working on a really exciting project by a band called the DuPont Circles. It's 30 years in the oh, making. That's what I was going to ask you about. Album. I noticed that on the website. So tell us a little bit about that project. Well, um, so Michael Bennett is actually, he's, uh, he's friends with Terry Banks, too, so there's a bit of a connection there. But he's a, he's a huge music fan. And so um, when they got, he got in touch with me a while back, and I, and I asked him if he wanted, like anyone who talks to me, asked him if they want to do a television personality cover, and we'll eventually get them all. Yeah, released, like Adventure Playground. Yeah, I know. Adventure Playground. It, 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 it's not forgotten. It's just, we're pretty slow, but we'll get there. Uh, you have to remember, we're an imaginary record. I know, and we're an imaginary band. <laughs> we're an imaginary <laughs> band, just like the Darrens. There you go, <laughs> Well, and that's what I love working with bands that aren't too too hyper, right? Because oh yeah, that's the way we work. We're we're having fun with this. It's not done, and you know I try to discourage as many people as possible from signing with our label. And I even tell them <laughs> I get popular, they have to get kicked off because we don't have time to deal with that. <laughs> we want to stay underground. But oh. um, so the Dupont Circles, they released a couple of seven inches in the nineties. Um, I think it was on their own label, Kara Records, uh, which also released another favorite band of mine from Norway, The Loch Ness Mouse. And um, so uh, my, uh, Michael Bennett sent me a whole bunch of stuff, and I think over time we kind of thought, well, it would be cool to actually... I actually wanted to do a, a, a sub-label a sub of this beautiful music called the Rare Hearts label, which was going to do exclusive mod and 60s influence stuff, but we never did that. But um, So anyway, he sent me a whole bunch of stuff, and he has a lot of great, great recordings that never got released. And then on top of that, he did a television personalities cover, How I Learned to Love the Bomb, and also uh, an Edward Ball Times cover, um, The Jokes on Sandra Now, and which will be featured hopefully in an upcoming tribute in the next uh, six months to a year. So we put those on as well as all his original songs, and we had a long time working on the artwork because he was looking for a very specific, and then he found a guy in the States that does some amazing artwork. He's in a band, I forget the name right now, and he runs his own little label, but he did this really amazing artwork. So everything finally came together, and we just sent it to the manufacturer, and it just came back. So uh, I'll be getting that ready and out to people in the next month. Fantastic. It's it out a little bit because it's hard yeah, to Yeah, these last three have come very close together. Yeah, four releases all in a certain time, and I don't want uh, I don't want to lose 
sort of um, some excitement because they're all great releases. Yeah, there needs to be a little intrigue between, you know, intrigue between them while people are sort of awaiting and needing. Because, you know, I don't have the 500 people working for me. And I probably never will. But. Well, you know, the two the two fifty that work for you are very, very good people. That's for sure. So, <laughs> and I appreciate all your help and support. Well, you've been great to us. We oh, please, completely you've done appreciate so much it. So for us, you're so going to hear a lot of beautiful music coming up, as well as uh, you know some other things that we know you like. And uh, hang in as long as you can. And thank you so much, Wally, for hanging with us. And we're going to do this again. Yeah, you haven't heard the last of me yet, eh? <laughs> no, absolutely not. We are. Ne- we'll never be done with you. And Wally University is now a, a staple on the show. And, uh, it is. Oh, it by is. the way, we never even mentioned Armstrong. My God. Uh, we'll do that yeah, next time. Uh, eager for some new uh, Armstrong stuff, for sure. Yeah, so uh, Armstrong, he's just sent me another, like, 30 songs. <laughs> so I got to go great. through and pick an album out of that. The guy is just amazing. And, and then the Yellow Melodies have an album... Uh, by the end of the year, that they've already done the first EP, and then they're going to do three EPs, and then uh, we're going to release the album. And then Dot Dash said they've got the album written, but with all the COVID stuff, they weren't able to get it recorded. Oh, so fantastic. it's probably later this year or early next year. It's going to be and hard to top that last one. Yeah, well, but they, they do seem to get better every album. I don't yeah, know how they do that. It's but, fantastic. But, uh, yeah, that last album was uh, amazing. It's, if that had been released around the time, you know, where REM and all those, like, it would have oh, been yeah. a huge hit. Oh, my but gosh. The is, yeah. They were also on a real label, and I, I've tried to kick them off many times. We love the imaginary label. Well, we have a nice friendship going, and, uh, and you know, I'm not in it for money, so actually I prefer that the bands keep all their ownership, all oh, their royalties. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, if they have digital sales, we keep all the digital sales, and I can just lose money on selling the <laughs> It's CDs. perfect. And You're sending out CDs that, to everybody. It sounds like our business model, yeah. Mark. And thank you so much. For I send them <laughs> 406, or as Dara at Near Perfect Pitch says, you, you see a pitchfork outside the house bringing a box of CDs for every CD. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're happy to help you lose money, Wally, and we're happy that you're helping us lose money as well. <laughs> Couldn't get any better than this. <laughs> it's, it's the most fun when you can do it that way. It right? is fun. Exactly. All right, we'll yeah. be talking to you right. soon. We'll see you online. Thanks very much. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Wally. Thank Enjoy the rest hey, of the show. Uh, here's some Lisa Michaels with Let's Stay Together. Thank you so much.